Good morning. Welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Michael Talercio, pastoral intern of Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It's been a while since I've been with you. I'm excited to be back. Thankful for your prayers for those of you who are uh, had me in mind praying for me as I was uh, attending to some family matters uh, back back in Connecticut where I'm from with some of my uh, family there and uh, thankful to be back with you guys as we look at Second Chronicles chapter 22 for today. Two Chron 2 2 today. Uh, let's ask for the Lord's help as we get into his word. Father, thank you for the opportunity that we have now as your people to hear from your word. We pray, Lord, that you would speak to us through it and that you would change us into the image of your Son as we read it. Guard us from being like the people that we read of in today's passage, most of them, that is. Help us to be more like those in the passage that bring hope and restoration to your people, to your plan, through your guidance, through your sovereignty. And we pray all this in the name of your Son, who the plan points to and is ultimately about. In his name, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, Second Chronicles 22. And the inhabitants of Jerusalem made Ahaziah his youngest son, the his there being Jehoram's youngest son, who we read about in the previous chapter. The inhabitants of Jerusalem made Ahaziah his youngest son, king in his place. For the band of men that came with the Arabians to the camp had killed all the other old, all the older sons, and all the other sons, all of his other sons. So Ahaziah, the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, reigned. Ahaziah was 22 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned one year in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Athaliah, the granddaughter of Amri. He also walked in the ways of the house of Ahab, for his mother was his counselor in doing wickedly. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, as the house of Ahab had done. For after the death of his father, they were his counselors to his undoing. He even followed their counsel and went with Jehoram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, to make war against Haziel, king of Syria, at Ramoth-Gilead. And the Syrians wounded Joram, and he returned to be healed in Jezreel of the wounds that he had received at Ramah when he fought against Hazel, king of Syria. And Ahaziah, the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, went down to see Joram, the son of Ahab, in Jezreel, because he was wounded. But it was ordained by God that the downfall of Ahaziah should come about through his going to visit Joram. For when he came there, he went out with Jehoram to meet Jehu, the son of Nimshi, whom the Lord had anointed to destroy the house of Ahab. And when Jehu was executing judgment on the house of Ahab, he met the princes of Judah and the sons of Ahaziah's brothers who attended Ahaziah, and he killed them. He searched for Ahaziah, and he was captured while hiding in Samaria, and he was brought to Jehu and put to death. They buried him, for they said, He is the grandson of Jehoshaphat, who sought the Lord with all his heart. And the house of Ahaziah had no one able to rule the kingdom. Now when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the royal family of the house of Judah. But Jehoshabeth, the daughter of the king, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him away from among the king's sons who were about to be put to death. And she put him in his nurse in a bedroom. 
Thus Jehoshabeth, Jehoshabeth, the daughter of King Jehoram and wife of Jehoiada the priest, because she was a sister of Ahaziah, hid him from Athaliah, so that she did not put him to death. And he remained with them six years, hidden in the house of God, while Athaliah reigned over the land. Today's passage features two groups of people. We have the group of godly people and the group of ungodly people. And the group of ungodly people takes up the majority of the passage. Uh, in fact, it begins with a reference back to an ungodly king, Jehoram, who we read of in chapter 21, who was so wicked that he departed when he died with no one's regret and was buried in the city of David, but not in the tombs of the kings. And today's chapter is about his, Jehoram's, son, Ahaziah, largely at least. Ahaziah is the son of Athaliah, who is the granddaughter of Amri, an important king in the history of Israel. Uh, and he uh, had a son, Ahab, which would be Athaliah's father. So Athaliah is the daughter of Ahab, one of the most wicked kings in the history of all Israel. And it's probable, though we don't get the details specifically here, but it's probable that Athaliah was not only the daughter of Ahab, but also the daughter of Ahab's wife Jezebel. Um, so it's possible that Ahab had other wives and that Athaliah was the daughter of one of those other wives, but it's likely that she was the daughter of both Ahab and Jezebel. And Jezebel is one of the most wicked women in all of the Bible. And Athaliah is not far behind her. Perhaps she actually is even more wicked than her mother Jezebel. None, none of those details are really uh, explicitly described or detailed in today's passage. Uh, but we do get mentioned that this king, Ahaziah, uh, is yoked to an evil family and that he walked in the ways of the house of Ahab for his mother was his counselor in doing wickedly. So Athaliah was instructing her son, Ahaziah, to follow Athaliah's family, her, her father's uh, ways, Ahab's evil ways, and he did that. Ahaziah did that, and it led to his destruction. And I'm reminded of what Paul writes in the New Testament when he says, Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Not only that, it ruins lives. It ruins the lives of people. Be careful with what company you keep. Because in today's passage, it leads actually to the death of Ahaziah. Uh, he is led by the counsel of Ahab and his mother Athaliah to join forces with the king of Israel, uh, who was Jehoram, another Jehoram, also called Joram. So we have two Jehorams, both of whom are also called Joram at times. Um, one, the father of this man Ahaziah, and the other, the king of Israel at the time of Ahaziah's reign. So Ahaziah joins forces with Jehoram, the king of Israel, to go to battle against Haziel, king of Syria. And it's there where Jehoram, or Joram, gets injured. And Joram uh, would, by the Lord's will, uh, be, be killed by Jehu, 
who was anointed to bring about the destruction of the house of Ahab because of Ahab's wickedness. And a lot of names here, but uh, if you could follow it, what eventually happens is this uh, man, uh, Ahaziah, because he has yoked himself uh, to his family and to the counsel of his family, Ahab and uh, his mother, Athaliah, he ends up getting killed when he goes to visit uh, this man, Jehoram, the king of Israel, who was injured in a battle that Ahaziah joined in and shouldn't have gotten involved in. Uh, so he gets killed as a result. It was ordained by the Lord to bring about the downfall of Ahaziah. And when Ahaziah dies, you know, there's some kindness shown to him in that uh, he is buried uh, by the people of Judah uh, because he is the grandson of Jehoshaphat. Um, but what ensues is even more wickedness because Athaliah sees that Ahaziah has died and then she takes it upon herself to wickedly destroy all of Ahaziah's sons, her own grandsons she puts to death. That is the epitome of selfishness. That's really the epitome of wickedness. The kingdom would be a kingdom uh, nevertheless because God had a plan and he would use this woman, Jehoshabeth, uh, the daughter of the king. Uh, so this is Ahaziah's sister. Um, we read that in uh, verse 11 there. She was a sister of Ahaziah. And a daughter of that wicked king before Ahaziah, Ahaziah's father, Jehoram, uh, she was a daughter of that wicked king. Interesting that this woman, this Jehoshabeth, the daughter of a wicked king, the stepdaughter in a way of a wicked stepmother, Athaliah, was such a godly woman, married to a godly man. And we see God's kindness in how he would put an end to a, to a line of wickedness like that. And he would use this woman to do a great thing in storing away, stowing away young Joash, this one-year-old baby who would then become the king. He was the only heir to the throne, the only legitimate heir to the throne. And she would save him away from being destroyed by Athaliah. And uh, I, th I think it's helpful for us to recall that this is a story that has its uh, roots in something greater because really the, the, the primary emphasis in this is that the rightful heir to the throne would survive uh, because of this woman's protection. So you have this evil woman and then you have this godly woman. And if we were to look, for instance, at a couple of chapters in the book of Revelation, chapter 12 in particular, and then later on as well in chapter 18, we would see that there are these two women that are described. One of them uh, is a godly woman who would give birth to a son. And as that son is being born, there's a dragon waiting to destroy that son. But the Lord would protect that woman and protect that son from the dragon. And later we read of another woman, a wicked woman, the woman who is the embodiment of the uh, uh, of the world and all of its waywardness and evil against God, this city known as Babylon, this woman called Babylon. And we see these two pictures of these two women. Uh, one who would give birth to a, a savior son who would be protected by the Lord and another who would be the one trying to destroy uh, all that the Lord would be intending to do. We, we very much see Jehoshabeth and Athaliah uh, prefigured in a way, or at least 
typified, uh, typifying something greater. Uh, the church, the woman who would give birth to the Savior's son, Jesus, and then the city of destruction at odds uh, with, with that Savior and with the woman who would give birth to him, the, the church. We see this story taking place even in the Old Testament, pointing us forward and really backward at the same time to the story of God in his salvation of people out of a wicked world. And if you're in Christ, you get to be part of that kingdom that God is rescuing. And your mother, in a sense, gets to be Jehoshabeth, the, the church, rather than Babylon, the wicked woman, or the wicked city against God. That's something to thank the Lord for and to, to be reminded that he will have a people for himself. Even in circumstances as bleak as this, where it looks like destruction is imminent, God will save his people. And he will save them through real human beings like Jehoshabeth, who would trust the Lord and go forward and reach out and take hold of what God's promises are in, in, in physical bodies. Joash, a promise of God to potentially be the next king in that line. She would uphold him and uh, hold on to God's plan for the people. So Let's do that ourselves today. As we find ourselves in a world full of darkness, let's hold on to the promise that our Savior will come. Let's hold on to the Savior, Jesus. Much like Jehoshabeth would hold on to Joash and stow him away, let's hold on to Jesus, the true Savior, who has already come the first time and is going to come again to really save his people entirely and in full. He has begun the salvation of his people. He's inaugurated their salvation. It's going to be effected entirely. And we can hold on to him in our hearts through the Holy Spirit's power as we treasure up him through the word today. Let's do that. Let's ask for the Spirit's help as we seek to. Father, thank you that you have given us this opportunity to be refreshed by the fact that you have been telling a story. It's not just a story, it's a true story. And it's uh, there are paradigms that we can look at and be refreshed by, where you would use Jehoshabeth to hold on to the kingdom, to keep the kingdom going, to ensure that one day a Messiah would be born from a kingly line. It was, it would be from this man, this very Joash that we read of, this young, this young boy uh, who, who we read of, who, who came from his father, Ahaziah, that we read of, and, and even his father before him, Jehoram, a wicked man, Lord. It, it, it would be from these men, from this varied a group of people that you would send your true savior. And really the story is about you ensuring that that line continued to the point where that savior could be born. Thank you that you saw to it that it would, that you used Jehoshabeth to do that uh, and that you'll use us now to bring others into your family, Lord. May we hold on to Jesus and, and may we be a blessing to others as we do, Lord, because it would be through Joash that the people of Jerusalem, Judah, would be blessed. Uh, may others be blessed through the Jesus that we ourselves are holding on to uh, for, for salvation, that they would be blessed as well. We pray this in his name. Amen. Well, I hope those connections made sense. I know we kind of jumped around a bit and uh, we looked at uh, Revelation, which is always a bit, uh, well, it's not always the most straightforward book, um, but 
Hopefully, uh, you will have been blessed by this reminder that God's plan will happen and that we can embrace it and be blessed by it. Hope you'll do that today as you go. In Jesus' name, amen.